are listening to Heart of the Ark podcast from the Office for Evangelization in the Archdiocese of Newark. We're coming to you to bring knowledge and some courage as we voyage through this life as missionary disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ. My name is Jennifer Benke, and I'm co-hosting this podcast with my friend and colleague, Father John Gordon. Good morning and welcome to the Heart of the Ark podcast. My name is Jennifer Benke. I am the Associate Director of Evangelization for the Archdiocese of Newark. And today my guest is Sister Kelly Schuster from the Salesian Sisters. And I want to welcome you, Sister Kelly, especially at this incredibly busy time of year, to join us and speak to us about your, what's on your heart, what's on your students' hearts as they prepare for the coming of Christ in Christmas and they finished their Advent preparation. So thank you so much for joining us. And um, listeners, if you hear a little audio difference than usual, it's because we're doing this over Zoom because it is a busy time of year and we can't be in the same place at, at once. And by location hasn't been granted to either of us yet. <laughs> but thank you, Sister Kelly, for making this time for us today. Yeah, thank you so much for the invitation. I'm happy to participate. So I would like to begin as, as we both probably begin all things in prayer. So I'm going to lead us in a simple Holy Spirit prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy, and the Spirit. Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant that by that same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever enjoy his consolations through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you. Amen. So, yes. So, so talk to me about where you serve and and the students that you you meet with on a regular basis. Sure. So as you said, I'm a Salesian sister of St. John Bosco, and currently I'm the campus minister and uh, theology department chair at Mary Help of Christians Academy uh, in North Haledon, New Jersey. So right outside of, of Patterson. So we're an all girls Catholic high school um, and really just, you know, looking to serve uh, the people in our area and the, the girls and families who want a good, solid uh, Catholic education. So it's a, it's a beautiful mission. It's my fourth year here. Um, so it's really great. I've been able to kind of travel with and see these girls uh, along their journey through high school. Um, so it's been, it's been exciting. It's also, I've been here through the whole length of the the COVID season, if you will. <laughs> so that's also COVID been, tied. <laughs> yeah, the COVID times. Um, so that's also been an interesting experience um, of, of prayer and reflection as well uh, for the girls and the young people here. So obviously it's December. We're in um, the church's season of Advent in preparing our hearts for Christmas and the coming of Christ incarnate. And so uh, how do you speak to your students about that? And what, do, do you have a lot of Catholic students? Do you have uh, students of different various faith backgrounds? And how do you start these conversations when mostly the rest of the world knows Christmas is Santa Claus? How do we talk sure, to sure. people about about faith in this time. Absolutely. So really, I always like to have moments of, of reflection that then can lead um, the students into some sort of um, action. So 
to, to answer maybe your second question first, um, we are a majority, I would say, Catholic or Christian. Uh, we do have some students who are of other faith traditions, but it's always been, I think, our motto and mine especially that, you know, as long as you are open and respectful, we can have any kind of dialogues possible. Um, and they've been really beautiful. Um, so we really, the invitation is always open for as much participation as the students want to um, participate in, but it's never um, a forced thing. Obviously, like if it's the sacraments, you know, they are uh, welcome to join in the prayers as much as they are able to. But then, you know, they're just, I like to have an openness to discovery. If they're uncomfortable with something, you know, as long as they're respectful, they can participate as much or as little as, as they want. Because I think if we have that, that openness to where they are, um, in their comfortability, then they can kind of sense that from us. And that can actually open the door to further conversations and to further uh, developments that maybe wouldn't be possible otherwise. So that's my little answer for, for that part of the question. That's perfect. Um, that's been a top, <laughs> recurring topic in, as we've had this podcast of conversations about conversation. We, yeah. You and I know that conversion happens in an intimate conversation where someone experiences Christ through the witness of either another person or in an intimate conversation in, in, with Christ himself in the Blessed Sacrament. So that presence of another person is always the important first step. Of Absolutely. And I would say, um, and that really ties in so nicely, even with our Salesian charism, you know, so much is built on the idea of relationship, right? So our founder is St. John Bosco and um, kind of his famous uh, story of how he started his oratories back in Italy um, was in a relationship with one boy that he met. And after that, you know, everything kind of came from there. So having that you know, personal relationship with our students and then helping them to strengthen that personal relationship with God, I think is really the key. Um, and so Advent is a great time to, you know, kind of jumpstart that if it's been a little uh, waning or to begin anew. And so I've done different things over the years uh, with the girls as far as like activity kind of quote unquote, but I always like to have some sort of uh, prayer and reflection that also involves some sort of visual or something that they then do afterwards. Uh, because I think if we just kind of stay in our heads, then um, we kind of lose that opportunity to bring our prayer out into action into the rest of the world. Um, so I remember my first year here, uh, we had this beautiful bulletin board of, it was like a really dark blue. So kind of like a night sky and just a very simple kind of major scene in, in gold. And we reflected on the star of Bethlehem. So the girls could think about, okay, the star of Bethlehem was leading the wise men to Jesus who have been the stars of Bethlehem in my life, who has led me to see Jesus more clearly. Um, and so then everyone had like a star and then they could write you know, the name of that person and put it on the board. And so it was a visual reminder. And then they were invited to go and thank that person. Um, you know, and some of them are a little nervous about that. They're like, what? I, I don't want to, you know, thank them for, for leading me to Jesus. And I'm like, that's so beautiful though. Like we should, you know, be thanking those who have helped us on our journey. You know, it's helpful to know when you've made an impact on someone else's life. And then that can foster that relationship even, even deeper. So that was one of my favorite, um, activities that we did this year. Um, it's a little different. We kind of took the 
the idea of the the advent wreath with the candles uh, of the purple and the pink but instead we decided to do kind of like a advent prayer chain so you know kind of the paper chains that you can make so each theology class for the for a week would kind of reflect on the word of that week so whether it was hope or peace now we're in joy and they kind of have their strip of paper and they can write um, a prayer to God or write an action that they're going to do or a reflection that they have related to that word. So what are you hoping for this season? Um, who in the world needs peace right now? Um, what is bringing you joy that you're thankful for? And then we kind of create these changes and we hang them from the ceilings in the hallway. Again, I think having that visual reminder each week uh, is really helpful to show them the, that you know Christmas is not just a day, right? Christmas is a whole season. And so same thing with Advent. It's not just the four Sundays, but to have that everyday visual of like, oh yeah, I I made that prayer on Monday and now I'm seeing it again as I walk down the hall on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. You know, it's simple, but I find if it's something that's focused and simple and heartfelt, it's almost more of a, of a lasting impact than something that's more has a lot of words or gets complicated. Um, so those are, th- those are some of the practices um, we've done in our theology classes. So kind of as campus minister and department chair, you can kind of <laughs> weave those things together to get to, to get <laughs> well, to all the students in the school. Definitely. Um, having worked in, in a Catholic school before, I know you wear a lot of hats or habits, um, uh-huh. <laughs> depending on uh, where you're serving in terms of, yeah, campus ministry, you, you probably plan the liturgies, right? The school liturgies as well. So you can bring those themes back in as well. So talk to me about your school liturgies in, in this preparation. <clears throat> sure. So we have uh, mass once a month. Um, and we also try to do um, adoration and confession roughly every six weeks um, is what we like to try to do. So Advent fits right into there. Actually, we are having confessions today. Ta-da! So it kind of timed well with this podcast. Um, And so we've really found that having the students come to adoration during the time of confession um, has been really helpful because it kind of focuses their their time of prayer. And, you know, having Jesus there in the Blessed Sacrament, um, you know, exposed is really... I think a powerful impact and, and our students on our retreats, our retreat programs, we have adoration, um, as a part of that as well. So they've become a little familiar with that practice. And so they, I find that they're, they're very open and, and receptive to that. And then kind of having that, we have multiple classes that come to the chapel at one time. So kind of that positive peer pressure in a sense of like seeing others get up and move into the confession line. I think if, for those who are maybe a little nervous, they're like, Oh, I see other people doing it. Or I see the older students going, you know, maybe I can go too. Um, so that's really beautiful and kind of instills that community sense here at school. Um, and so then all of that kind of, you know, that's kind of one liturgical action. Obviously then we also have our school masses, um, each one, you know, having a a different theme or on a feast day. Um, I think one of the greatest things this year is we have, um, we actually have been blessed with a new choir director and wow, just really realizing the power of singing. Um, you know, they, you know, that famous, you know, St. Augustine quote, singing is playing twice, but like, just really, they help to set the mood. They help to set the tone. And one of the freshman teachers said to me the other day, 
um, that she heard the girls talking in class. And one of them was saying, oh, is there a mask coming up? And she was a little nervous that they'd be like, oh man, another mask. And she was like, yeah, we have one, you know, on the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. And the girl was like, oh, great. I love those. And we were like, oh, that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Yeah. So I think, um, yeah, it's just been a, a, a beautiful year this year, having our our music ministers really kind of, um, enliven and deepen that, that sense of prayer for us. I've been really, really grateful. Um, and we're actually really fortunate here. We, um, five years ago now, we, we had a fire actually in our chapel and it was a long time in rebuilding. So now we have the new chapel available to us. So I think that's also really enhanced our, our prayer experience. And it's really like had me reflect on you know, the space that you're in can really help to add to the prayer of, of a group. Um, so yeah, our liturgies have just been very beautiful this year, which is lovely. That's wonderful to hear. I, and especially, you know, as a, as a reformed music director, no, as a (laughs) director to hear that you have someone who's helping the community pray and the, and the, and the worship be, uh, more of a, of, of, uh, deepening this, the spiritual experience of, of the girls and of the faculty and everybody together. That's just, that's really wonderful. And, you know, God bless you and God bless them. And I I hope it becomes a more and more a fruitful relationship for your school. And again, like the, the space for the prayer. So that's just, you know, we, we talk about, um, beauty on this podcast as well, right? God is truth. He's he's the absolute truth, the absolute goodness, the absolute perfection of beauty. So like, that's just, to me, it's more um, fulfilling that you have like a beautiful space that is, is separate. It's sacred is set apart, right? It is a set apart place. So it's, it's a place where the rest of the world is put on hold. So Talk to me about talking to teenage girls who are so in the rest of the world stuff. And then you you juxtapose that with the idea of adoration mm-hmm. and repentance for sins. Like, how do you have those conversations and what's their reaction in, in those moments to those things? Sure. Um, so what it, what comes to my mind first is one of my, it's funny, one of my favorite Advent songs isn't like a traditional Advent hymn. Um, it's actually a song by Casting Crowns. It's called Make Room in Your Heart. And it's all about make, like the refrain that keeps repeating is, you know, um, make room in your heart for God to write his story. And so one of the ways we kind of talk about, you know, while yes, our girls are absolutely in the world, um, you know, on social media, you know, regular teenage girls, but to be able to, to kind of talk about reflections of the heart, I generally find that they're very open to that. Um, you know, in, in general, I think they're more introspective than we give them credit for. Um, and they, you know, they think a lot about their image and their, um, you know, relationships. And so if you can kind of take that, the things that they're already thinking about, and kind of bring God into that space and say, you know, okay, the, the image we, we put out to the world, you know, what image are we putting towards God? You know, he's already in the deepest place of our hearts. He knows us better than we even know ourselves. So 
you know, God is already closer to us than we, we are even closer to ourselves, that he sees the innermost person. And I think the girls want to be seen. They want to be known. Everybody wants to be loved just for who they are. And so trying to, to get them to see that God already loves them beyond what they could ever imagine, no matter what they've done, no matter, you know, who they're friends with, no matter what they're dealing with in their lives, that God is more deeply there than they could even realize, then can kind of be an open invitation to look at, well, then how is my relationship with God? If, if he loves me so much, how do I respond to that love? What's that relationship like? And so then you can kind of lead them into a, a reflection more based on that relationship aspect, maybe more than the the legalistic aspect. Not that rules aren't important. They are, absolutely. But I think if that relationship piece is there first, um, then they can kind of be led closer to that. Um, so some of my favorite reflections for uh, reconciliation is really looking at... Um, you know, from, from Corinthians, love is patient, love is kind, you know, how loving are we, you know, kind of using that as almost like a litmus test, or I have another, uh, examination of conscience that looks at, you know, our relationship with God and self and neighbor and kind of seeing, you know, it brings in, you know, the, the idea of the 10 commandments, but in a more relationship aspect. So I think framing it within that context is, is really helpful for them because relationships are important, very important to them at this stage in their life. So getting them to see that relationship with God and how can I make that better? You know, where can I make more room in my heart for God so that he can write his story with me? We're, you know, your co-authors together, um, I think is helpful um, to get them to then think, all right, if there are areas in my life where my relationship with God isn't that great, or it could be better, those are great things to bring to confession so that, you know, you can kind of make a clean start and make more room in your heart so that God can fill it up even more with that love and joy that he so desires them to have, you know, I, I think that's part of it too, is allowing, getting them to see that it's not like, God is out there and I have to chase after them, him. It's like, no, he's already there and he wants so much good for you. You know, it's more of like, what are, what roadblocks do we put up? Cause he's already making the effort, right? He's yeah. already chasing after us. Um, we just got to turn around and, and be able to see him. Right. And, and how do they respond to that? You mentioned that they're, um, you're hearing from uh, colleagues that like, oh, good, there's a mass for immaculate conception. But I love that. OK, yeah. <laughs> so, but but what does that look like? Do you, I don't know if you do, I don't want to individual responses, but like like do you do journaling within the theology department? Do you have like what what do you what is your sense of an overall experience coming from their their eyes? Sure, absolutely. Um there are definitely um two teachers in the theology department that do um almost daily journals with the girls. Um, and I've heard really positive feedback um from them about that, from the girls about that. Um, I would say most recently. So <laughs> it was kind of funny. We actually wanted to have confessions earlier in Advent season, but unfortunately with like the flu and COVID and other things happening, the priest we had scheduled, uh, got sick. So we weren't able to do it. Um, and so I had that class time kind of, you know, <laughs> set aside for that. So with our seniors, I decided instead to do a Lexio Divina with them on the upcoming Sunday gospel. It was the first Sunday or no, I guess the second Sunday for Advent. 
I can't even tell you how beautiful it was. I was like, oh my gosh, this was totally a Holy Spirit led moment because this wasn't what I planned to do. So the gospel was speaking on, you know, um, John in the desert and a lot of them were reflecting and, and this is maybe also because they're, they're seniors and they're just, you know, a little bit m- more mature. And I've actually taught them. This is my second time teaching them. I taught with them with their freshmen. So we already have that relationship, you know, that, that final sharing in Lexio Divina, where you're talking about, you know, what is the scripture, you know, calling me to do in my life? A lot of them really reflected and out loud on, you know, um, like seeing like sin in their life and, and wanting kind of that opportunity to kind of, um, wipe that away and to start anew. And I was like, wow, I wasn't anticipating that. And maybe it was because we were supposed to have confessions that day. So maybe it was already on their mind, but I was really, I was really blown away by some of their responses. They were just really beautiful. So I would say journaling, I think is great for high school girls because it allows them you know, to say something outside out loud is a little bit more vulnerable, but to, to write it first can be a little more comfortable. And then, you know, by the time they get to their senior year, they are a little more open to, to sharing in kind of that smaller group setting, like within the, in the class. Um, so yeah, I would say kind of depends on their, their age and their maturity level, but giving them different, you know, just how we have like the multiple intelligences for teaching, you know, Amen. I think I love that. Yes. Yeah. I think <laughs> there's like multiple intelligences for prayer, you know, right. Like some people would love to just, you know, go and sit outside and reflect. Some people want to write, some people want to read. Um, some people want to listen to, to music. Um, some people want to talk faith sharing. So as many ways as we can provide for them, um, to see that there are multiple within the Catholic faith, there's so many multiple ways to pray. Um, I think providing as many opportunities to see the diversity of prayer can help them really see, okay, what fits well with my relationship with God, I think is helpful. Amen. Amen. So talking about diversity of prayer, um, if, if you're open to it, I'd like to talk to you about being a young None. I mean, I'm looking at you <laughs> that you're younger than I am. So, <laughs> so I can see that you're younger than I am. So I, I'm, I'm thinking you as an example of a vocation and, a, and living a life. How do you, if, if you are open to it, how do you see your vocation or how do you keep your prayer life? What speaks to you to better minister to the people that your ministry is for? Sure. Um, so I'm, I'm actually just a couple of months away, God willing, from making my final vows. So that's really exciting uh, for me. So yeah, I, I have really found that if I live my vocation well, then that's going to be the greatest gift that I can give to the young people that I serve, right? So if I can live my prayer life well, my community life well, and then I can be more present um, and available in the mission, right? So kind of prayer community and mission are the three big aspects of our, of our life. Um, and I think the witness that I'm able to give is a joyful presence um, without, if that's not prideful to say. No. <laughs> um, <but laughs> I, I mean, I think. Pope Francis is all about the joy, right? Like he doesn't want yeah. dour saints. Nobody wants, yeah. I think John, Bo- was it John Bosco wanted no dour saints, right? Like, like, Absolutely. Come on. Yeah. 
And so I think, you know, if I can live my relationship with God and my sisters well, then I think the girls can see that there is joy found in a relationship with God and in serving others, because no matter what their vocation is going to be, if it's, you know, to be married, to be single, to be religious, all of those involve a relationship with God, a relationship with other and somehow serving others. So if I can live my vocation joyfully, then they can see um, that that joy is rooted in something deeper than um, just kind of those surface level things that maybe they see elsewhere. Um, so for me, um, we have in the morning, we have a time of meditation. So a half hour of meditation in the morning, followed by mass and followed by morning prayer. Um, then we have uh, the rosary, we say daily, either uh, in community or on our own. And then we have evening prayer, um, dinner, and then recreation actually with our sisters. So time to just like have fun together. And I would say those moments are really key for me. Um, especially that, that half hour in the morning of quiet meditation is where I can really just be present with our Lord and, you know, really ask like, what is it that you want me to do for today? You know, um, cause the present moment is what we have. So having that time to kind of focus and kind of a, a moment of direction, um, really helps to set the tone for, for the rest of my day. So I don't really have a specific prayer itself. Um, but just having that quiet time in the chapel first thing in the morning, I think is absolutely key, key for me. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. I, it brings it back to the the presence. You can't be present to anyone else if you're not present to yourself and to bring your whole presence to God and let him be present to you. Right. So Definitely. I, I think those are, uh, those are really profound things. I, I feel the same and maybe this is a little bit of an overshare and I might edit it later, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm home today because I had a, a series of tests yesterday at a hospital and it's, it's fine. It's totally fine. But, um, when, when you see a nurse or a doctor and they see somebody my age going in for tests that are generally for people much older or much sicker, they get a look. So my response is to make them feel better. Right. So I take, tell jokes. I'm like, no big deal. I'm a, you know, diffuse the situation. And I, it was a little bit rough and I got a little bruised in the process. And so I, I, before I drove myself home, I grabbed a water and I came out of the elevator. I was on the wrong, wrong floor of the wrong. I went through a tunnel I didn't recognize. And I was all of a oh sudden, dear. I was in the chapel of this massive hospital and I was facing the door of the chapel. It's a, it's a public hospital. So the first whole room is set up with prayer carpets for different faith traditions and a wall of water and different types of things. But in the very back from across the room, I could see a tiny little thing that said blessed sacrament chapel. And I was like, oh. I was like a toddler running who had just been so strong through a scary thing, like running to the blessed sacrament. And I just like dissolved in sobs, like, okay, I'm here. I made it. I made it. Thank you. And it was just, it was the most that presence of knowing that he's right there all the time and, and, and with me, no matter where I go, that, that is something that it's a gift that I wish I could give the whole world at Christmas. Like if I could wish for one thing in the world, it would be that everybody felt that way because what a world we would live in. Right. Mm, beautiful. 
Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, I'll probably edit this because, and luckily, <laughs> luckily there's no video because you'd see my weeping, right? <laughs> I'm still not quite over it. Um, but that's all uh, right. Yeah. But just that, um, that presence is so important just for our relationships with each other, but also to, to have our hearts open in a world that is full of sin and full of human weakness. And it's constantly asking us, it constantly screaming at us, shut down. And we're, we're, that's our faith, right? It's our faith is pushing us out. It's only through God and his mother's example that we have a chance of staying open. Sure. So, absolutely. Well, I just, I really, really want to thank you for this time, giving of your time, and also for your vocation and the witness you give to your students and to all of us who who get to even meet you briefly now and then. <laughs> I, we did meet once in person, but I look forward to hopefully this being the beginning of, of more conversations to come. Absolutely. I would love that. Thank you so much, Sister Kelly. God bless you. Um, would you like to close us in prayer? Do you have a... Sure. Okay. If it's all right, if it's like kind of a spontaneous. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Any kind of prayer is good with me. Beautiful. Um, we thank you, Lord, for this time together, this time to share our ways of connecting with and relating to you, the ways that we can serve you, the ways that we can love you better each day. And we just ask that as we continue through this Advent season, that you help us to make more room in our hearts for you so that come Christmas day, you can be truly born within us and bring us new life each and every day of the Christmas season. Mary, help of Christians, pray for us. Amen. In the name of Father, Father and Son, and Son and Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Sister Kelly. God bless Thank you. your family and your students. And you'll remain in my prayers this Christmas season. Thank you. And I'll be praying for you as well. Thank you. God bless. All right. Heart of the Ark podcast is an initiative by the Office for Evangelization at the Archdiocese of Newark. If you want to find us online, you can find us at rcan.org slash evangelization. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Very soon we'll be updating our social media for the Heart of the Ark, but you can find us on Fireside Podcasts at Heart of the Ark. Dot fireside.fm. Our theme song is composed by and orchestrated by Eric Hunter, a dear friend of mine. You can find out more about Eric and his performances and compositions at Eric, E-R-I-C, Hunter, H-U-N-T-E-R, music.com. This has been a pleasure, and I look forward to hearing from you and speaking with you in the future.